Good afternoon, Albuquerque. I am your host, Becca Marie, and you are listening to my new show, Freedom Speak, where fake news comes to die. On Albuquerque's conservative talk, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, 700 AM, and listen from anywhere at conservativetalkabq.com. I've got a really packed show today. I've got a guest, uh, Ant Thornton, coming on with me in a little while, along with his wife, Glenna. We're going to have some really, really great conversation. So I wanted to start out talking a little bit about a protest that I was at last weekend in Roswell, New Mexico. The Democrats were having their convention out there, and our beloved MLG was there. So a lot of us showed up to... Um, show our feelings towards MLG, exactly how we feel about her policies and what she has been doing to this state. So my friend Jesse James is quite the comedian. He was there with us, and he was protesting, and he had a megaphone, and he was using it to heckle and make fun of the convention goers. And actually, he was actually making everybody laugh, including the Democrats that were at the convention, because it was just really, really funny. So some of them actually came over to talk to us. I was talking to one of the ladies that approached us, and we made the comment that all we want is freedom to choose. We discovered from the conversation that the meaning of choice is very different for we patriots and the left-wingers. This woman we were speaking to stated that she also believed in the freedom of choice. We asked her how it is that people were being told that if you don't take the jab, they would be fired from their job. She stated that is a choice. You can choose to take the jab or you can keep your job. <laughs> well, in this person's mind, I would assume that she sees having a job as an optional thing rather than a necessity of life. I didn't think of asking the question at the time, but I wonder if this same person also believes that receiving guaranteed basic income or free education or free medical care is a right. In a well-known quote from the Declaration of Independence, it states, we hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights, that among these are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men derived from their just powers from the consent of the governed. This means that life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness are God-given rights. Life, to me, means that you have the right not to be murdered. Liberty, according to a dictionary I looked in, is defined as the condition of being free from confinement, servitude, or forced labor, the condition of being free from oppressive restriction or control by a government or other power, a right to engage in certain actions without control or interference by a government or other power. Lastly, we have the pursuit of happiness. This means you have the right to pursue happiness. You are not guaranteed happiness, but you are guaranteed the right to pursue it. Don't you think not being allowed to have a job because you don't want to be part of a medical experiment would throw a wrench in your pursuit of happiness? 
Even if someone doesn't have any respect in our founding documents, the Supreme Court has held that adults have the right to personal autonomy in matters relating to their own medical care. Adults, as long as they are competent to understand their decision, have the right to refuse medical treatment, even life-saving medical treatment. Why is this Supreme Court decision being ignored? Another woman we talked to stated that the governor was doing a great job and that she would be voted, voting to reelect her. I didn't get to ask her what exactly her definition of doing a great job is. I wonder if doing a great job would include putting 40% of New Mexico's small businesses out of business, or increasing the suicide rate among children, or promoting racism in our school, children's schools, or forcing children to mask up in schools with absolutely no science to back it up, or putting a wall up around the roundhouse to keep we the people out, or is it maybe how MLG used campaign funds to pay off a sexual assault lawsuit? I wonder if there is any level of corruption that would make this person decide not to vote to reelect this tyrant. Let's take a look at the bumbling, mumbling idiot that the Democrats selected to be the leader of the free world. In his recent State of the Union address, Joe couldn't even read a teleprompter and make it sound like he knew what he was talking about. I'm sure they think this fool, in which even before he became senile, wasn't even smart enough then either, is also doing a great job too. Let's look at some of his accomplishments. Gas prices have doubled since he took, an, he took office and they are still increasing. We have empty store shelves. One of my favorite things, bacon, is up to seven bucks a pack. Russia is invading the Ukraine. Inflation is at 7.5%. We were energy independent when he took office. Now we are begging communist countries to sell us oil. The other day I went to Arby's and was told that they were out of roast beef. Another time I went to church's chicken. They were out of chicken. And I was told by McDonald's the other day they were out of small cups. <laughs> had you heard of any of this happening before we had Joe Biden as president? This is the best the Democrats had to offer in the last election? Really? Remember how the Democrats wanted to oust President Trump by using the 25th Amendment? How much pain will it take before Democrats decide they want to invoke the 25th Amendment on Joe. We are seeing these days that our government is also corrupt. We the people are the only ones that can fix this. As a matter of fact, it is our duty to fix this. I want to conclude with a famous quote. For evil men to accomplish their purpose, it is only necessary that good men should do nothing. Now, these days, with what's going on, especially what's going on in Ukraine, I've been thinking a lot about this. I've been watching the news. I, I watch, as, as painful it is, I watch mainstream news. I read a lot of posts on the Internet. I read articles from foreign newspapers. I try to get a really well-rounded idea of what's going on because I know that we have discovered over the past couple of years that our media has been lying to us about just about everything. 
And they're lying to us about this war in Ukraine, too. All they're, all they're doing, and they've been building this narrative against Putin for years now. Putin is the boogeyman. He's the bad guy. But is he really the only bad guy? I, I actually have a couple of friends. One of them actually was on the show with me last week, Jesse James, that are from that area of the world. I have another friend which has relatives currently living in that part of the world, both in Russia and Ukraine. And I can tell you from what they've been telling me that neither Putin or Zelensky are good guys. That the governments in both of those countries is corrupt. And what's really, really sad is that what's happening here is we've got these two corrupt governments pitting their people against each other. And I would say that most likely, and, and I know for a fact, I mean, all the people I've met that are from that part of the world, Russians, whatever, uh, I like them very much. They're very nice people. So we have Russian soldiers that are conscripted that are being forced to fight, being forced to kill their neighbors in Ukraine. And then you have the people in Ukraine that are living under a corrupt government themselves that to protect their homes, they've taken up arms to shoot back at their Russian neighbors. So it's a really, really sad situation when you think about it this way that you've got people that are probably good people on both sides that are being forced to kill each other. So, is the United States government the good guys? No, I don't think so. Because we're finding out some really interesting things here lately the past few days. I've been watching a lot of that too. Not too long ago, Jen Psaki was asked in a press conference if the United States was funding bioweapons labs in Ukraine, and she denied that. Well, since that time that she made that statement, which turns out was a total lie, it has been confirmed that, in fact, the United States was funding bioweapons labs all over Ukraine. And I watched a, another video that I saw on social media now, this one I can't, I can't verify if the guy that's speaking is really the Minister of Defense of Russia. It looks legitimate. One thing I can tell you, any of you that is, have watched that video, I can tell you that the translation on that video of the words of what he's saying are correct. Because I, I had my Russian friend listen to that video and she said, yes, those, that translation is exactly correct in which he is pointing out the locations of all of those bioweapons labs all over Ukraine. Now, we've heard statements from Putin saying that he's doing this to stamp out Nazism in Ukraine. Now, I've seen on social media, I've seen pictures of swastikas around different places in Ukraine. Apparently, that really is a thing in Ukraine. There are some people over there that really are into the whole Nazi movement. I don't know how, I don't know how widespread it is. And then we're also seeing Russian tanks with, with hammer and sickle flags on them, like from the old Soviet Union. So I would say that among the populations, we've probably got some radicals just like any place else, just like we have radicals in this country. So the point I want to make here is that 
don't get so sucked into the mainstream news that you completely buy the narrative that they're feeding you. The truth is something else. Anyway, there we go. That's my open. So I'm going to introduce my friend Ant Thornton and his wife, Glenna. They've come here to join me today for the show. Ant is running for lieutenant governor in New Mexico. And one thing I can tell you about Ant, he's like probably the sharpest dressed guy in, in any of the races. And, and right now he's got his hat off, which I barely recognize him. Of course, he can't wear the hat and wear the headphones at the same time. <laughs> so, 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 Ant, you want to tell everybody a little about yourself? Hi, Rebecca. First of all, thank hey. you for uh, having us on the show. I really appreciate it. Um, yeah, I'm not wearing my hat because I can't wear it. Over, it would look very strange wearing it over uh, these headphones. Um, so I am running for lieutenant governor in New Mexico. I'm, uh, uh, I grew up as an Air Force brat. Um, I'm the middle of three children. I had an older sister who passed away back in the 90s due to a cocaine overdose in uh, LA. And I have a younger sister who currently resides in Denver. Um, so growing up, I had a fascination with flight and, and spacecraft. And, and my idol at the time was um, Neil Armstrong. And so uh, I had visions of when I was growing up after he, you know, back in 69 when he stood on the moon, I thought, I want to do that. Now, so, are you a pilot? I am not. Oh, I, I am. Did you know that? <laughs> no, I didn't know that. Yes. So I, I love flying, too. What do you fly? Well, anything I can, anything I can get to get into, and that they'll let me fly it. I, I I owned a Cessna 150 for about 10 years, and I just flew the hell out of that thing. I mean, I, I logged a lot of hours flown, in that little I've plane. I've flown once a Cessna 172, uh -huh. and uh, and this was uh, Wichita, and uh, and I got a guy took me up, and I didn't have any lessons, but he says, okay, take over, and he just let me fly it around. <laughs> yeah. It was fun. Yeah. You know, it's hard to crash those planes. He says, if you just let go, it'll stabilize itself. That's right. So, Ideally, yeah, that's what yeah, they do. Right. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I wanted to be the first, uh, uh, I was thinking I was going to be the first black astronaut and, hey, and, uh, but, but my eyesight was so poor and I thought there's no way they're going to take me on. So I decided at that point that I, if I couldn't fly them, I would at least be able to design them. And, and so, uh, I've decided to go into aerospace engineering as a result of that. Nice. And, uh, I don't know what else you want to know about me. I, so I, so I went to high school and, um, Colorado Springs and graduated mm -hmm. high school there and, that, and then did my first two years at Wichita State University and, and then transferred to the University of Colorado afterwards and finished up there and got my bachelor's degree. And I was recruited by Sandia National Labs, which brought me here way back in 1979 is when I first moved to Albuquerque. And, um, and the first thing they did was send me right back to school. And so I went off to Stanford uh, to, to get my master's degree. And uh, I came back and then about three years later, decided uh, uh, if I want, really wanted to advance within Sandia, I needed to get a PhD. And so they had a competitive program that I was fortunate enough to, to uh, get on. And they sent me off to get my, my PhD at Purdue. So I'm one of the few folks who fortunately didn't have any student loans or anything like that because Sandia took care of my graduate school. That is and, awesome. And I had the scholarships in, in undergraduate. And so I never had to pay a dime for college. Neither did my parents. Them, oh, which, you're so lucky. Which they were very thankful for. Yes. <laughs> so, so I think I remember you saying that you're an actual rocket scientist then, no, right? I, I, yes, 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 I am. And, uh, some, That's awesome. Some of the work that I did at Sandia Labs was I was responsible for their um, with nuclear weapons testing facilities, where uh, what we call their major environmental test facilities, where we would expose the weapons to 
major events, like for instance, a crashing into a wall at 600 miles per hour, or um, being, being sitting, sitting in a fire for 30 minutes. So those are extreme examples where a nuclear weapon has to be safe. And so we would test them to make sure that under no circumstance can a nuclear weapon ever go off unless the president says, light it up. And so there are all these scenarios we have to put it through to, and we put in all these safety features into these weapon systems so that they cannot go off under any circumstance unless they're, right. unless they're told to do. And yeah. so, so that was, it's fun. It's like big boys with big toys. Yeah. And, uh, and, and we had a lot of fun blowing things up, exploding things. Uh, oh, that does sound like Running fun. into the wall. I kind of yeah. like to blow things up, <laughs> Exactly. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and we were doing it physically, not just metaphorically. And so, uh, so it was fun. Nice. And then, uh, and so uh, I was at Sandia for like 17 years, and then I went off to, um, I had an opportunity to go work at the Skunk Works, which is the advanced development programs at Lockheed Martin, and, uh, and, and go to California. And so... Uh, that that's where they do really advanced aircraft. Those are the, like where the stealth, the stealth fighter came from, and and all that kind of stuff. So are they a, working on flying saucers? I can't tell you. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I thought I would try anyway. No, I know. <laughs> Can neither confirm nor, nor deny. deny. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, uh, but it was really a cool place to work at in uh, Palmdale, California, and I was there for three years, and then. Uh, there was a consolidation that occurred, and I had to move. To, I had to move to Fort Worth, and that's where I met my <laughs> wife, Glenna. And, and so that was back in. And uh, so I, I moved to Fort Worth in 2000. Right. And uh, then I met Glenna in 2004. And so, um, so that's a whole other story we'll get into later, I guess. Sure, we can talk about that. <laughs> yeah, you know, I used to, he used to be the guy with the girl. Uh-huh. Now I'm the girl with the guy. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's not a good fit for me. <laughs> no, so we, uh, yeah, we actually met, um, we met in 2004, St. Patty's Day, which is coming up here like next it week. It is, right? yeah, next week. And so... Well, let me tell you what really first happened, because okay. he always kind of, you Go know, for it. Yeah. So he walks in, and I'm eating dinner at the bar, and he sits beside me, and he's with another guy. And I looked over at him, and I said, oh, I saw you when you came in. I said, you are the cutest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> and he goes like this are you really trying to pick me up? I went, oh, <laughs> sweetheart, I am not. I said, I am old enough to be your mother. I just, I was patting him on the leg like a mother does and saying, I just thought you were so cute. And I was trying to think in my head, who could I match him up with, okay? So, and I know, and he's looking at me going, I said, um, he goes, I'm a lot older than you think. Uh -huh. I said, well, I could have been a young mother okay because <laughs> yeah well we found i find out later on that we're nine months apart and i was like oh for the oh my god i am so sorry i said i mean it was just <laughs> so that's how it started and he said to me you are so texan because she had this really texas drawl right. and it was like really texas and yeah I, and i was a little over the top. Right. Yeah. 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 So, and then I said, um, well, so where are you from? And he goes, well, I was born in California. And I said, oh, the Social Republic of California. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> so that's how our relationship started. Nice. Yeah. Well, then she went on to say, she goes, uh, she goes, that's really a great state. It's too bad the liberals that live there have ruined it. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, and then she looked at me and she goes, I bet you vote Democrat. 
and I kind of like was shocked by that statement. But, but um, and so we started arguing about politics. And one thing she said, she goes, why do blacks always vote in unison? Y'all are like sheep. Yikes. And she Yikes. says, she says, no other race does that. <laughs> You're and, thinking, wow, this lady's really just, she's just like she just, really in your a, face. Exactly. And I went, oh my God. <laughs> And then, and then she goes, she goes, you know, you could spot me from across the room and you wouldn't know how I would vote, but I bet 95% that you vote Democrat. And at the time I did. Uh -huh. And so I was like, whoa, oh. you know, who is this woman? And I thought, okay, we're going to start arguing. And so uh -huh. we exchanged. And we didn't really argue, we debated. Yeah. And we debated everything. We debated right. religion. We debated race. We debated... Uh, uh, politics. politics. Yeah. I mean, so we just kind of went down. All the things that you're not supposed to talk about in polite exactly. society, we, we discussed. Hey, that's the best way. I mean, <laughs> if, if the first date can, can survive that, you, you might have something. Right, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, people always go, why is he called Ant? Uh -huh. Right? Yeah. Well, I sent him the new version, you know, because our, our conversation or our debate obviously extended after that night, right? Uh -huh, right? So we exchanged emails, and so we just kept going, and I'm much better in print than I am in, in voice, just uh -huh. saying, okay? <laughs> so um, anyway, so uh, I sent him the ant and grasshopper uh, story from, like, the new one where, you know, Jesse, you know, uh, the, well, uh, like uh, yeah. Al Sharpton comes and says, "Why yeah. do you treat the grasshopper so bad?" And yeah, you've all probably seen the, you, you know the old you know the old ant grasshopper story is you know the ant works hard during the summer while the grasshopper's frolicking around having a good time, and then the winter comes and the grasshopper basically dies because he didn't do anything and the ants are all secure. Uh -huh. And then the new version of the story is. You know, the same thing's happening, but now when the fall and the winter comes, the grasshopper's sitting outside, and then C CBS shows up, and, and uh, people... Says, say, why so did they, why are they treat them Yeah, why are they this? treating the green grasshopper so poorly? And, <laughs> and how come they're inside their little comfy homes, and they're, you know, they're okay, and yet you're leaving the grasshopper out there, and then Al Sharpton shows up, and, you know, <laughs> green people are bad. You know, you guys are prejudiced against <laughs> green people. You're racist. Yeah, yes. you're racist against yeah. green people. It's so the whole so and she sent me that story yeah. and I went really yeah I go really you know I said first of all I said you know um, yeah well where where I worked I said because uh, the, the implication was that if you're a minority you're not working you're not hardworking and stuff like that that was the implication of the story and I thought well that's that's not true and I said because everybody I know Hispanic black. All the people I knew, at least in my technical field, all worked hard, all were educated, all so I, you know, I was living in my own little technical bubble. Um, but I knew people that, uh, and I said, so that story upset me. Yeah. Because, because of the impl impl implication. And I really didn't mean it that way. What I was trying to do is just show him. I was thinking I was showing him the conservative side. We work hard, blah blah blah. Well, he took it as, you don't think I work hard? Okay. <laughs> so I mean. So our relationship really wasn't going well. Right, yeah. Okay. Went Just, through some bumps there. The we end, we end went end through end. some bumps, and, and really and truly at the time, I wasn't even that interested because... Uh, that's how it started off, just, hey, you're cute, and, you know, but it went down a path. And <laughs> yeah. so, but what happened was I started calling him Dr. Ant. Dr. Ant. Okay? Okay. And he started calling me Grasshopper. And I said, no, it's the opposite. I'm the, I'm the ant. <laughs> and he was like, he goes, no. And so I always started calling him ant. My whole family calls him ant. All my friends call him ant. It stuck. The only people that call me grasshopper are his family. 
Okay, because Grasshopper did not stick, which I am very thankful I for. I call it a Grasshopper yeah, or Hopper. Or Hopper, yeah. yeah. And I have friends of his that call me Cricket because they can't remember. <laughs> so, you know. It's just some insect. She's it's just, just some insect. She's just Cricket. an insect. <laughs> so, yeah. so that's kind of how... That's Our relationship met. started, and who knew we were going to end up being married? That is so funny. Isn't yeah. that wild? I mean, it is. It is. And uh, we always we went back and forth, and as he says, you ran out of ammunition, ammunition with me. With the arguments. And so I realized at that point, um, this was probably in 2005, six, six. time frame, mm -hmm. uh, that um, I started re recognizing that the conservative way was actually the, the actual pr proper way. Because I realized that Democrats were only interested in two things, power and control. Yeah. And they really weren't interested in helping anyone. And they, they give the impression that they're, they're there to help, but they actually are there to control. Yeah. And, uh, and so once you understand that, all of a sudden, and I started then reading. I read the book. From he got red-pilled. Yeah, I got red-pilled red like pilled. the Matrix. Because, <laughs> right. you, you know, I read the book The Creature from Jekyll Island, which is a book about the Federal Reserve. Uh, actually, it's an excellent. All you have to read is the first 100 pages, and it'll wake you up. And then the... Um, then I read uh, Mark, Mark Levin's Levin, yeah. uh, Tyranny and Liberty, and that sort of opened the, the, my eyes. And from then on, it's like never look back. You know, that's, yeah. what, that's what I like about Ant. He doesn't just, he looks into things. Do you see what I mean? He uh -huh. starts reading. And to either prove me wrong, but it ended up opening his eyes. Right. But I love that he does that. Yeah. You know, he doesn't just spew. He, and so that's, I love that about him. And, and he was never ugly. We were never ugly oh, yeah, with never, each other. I mean, even our arguments or discussions were, uh, it, it became, it was never uh, name-calling kind no, of thing. No, no, right? no. So it was all about in, informing. And, and we used to meet every week at this same restaurant. And we had the waiters getting involved. We'd have other folks come in and get involved at the table. I mean, it, it was a group. It became yeah. kind of a bugs club. Yeah, right? We <laughs> called it the insect club. The insect club because we had other people had names as well. Butterfly, we had other That's folks. That's good. You know, so it became, and it was just a, a, a opportunity for people to just have discussions and to kind of get your views. Because I remember when I met, uh, this, there was this one guy who was there who worked at Lockheed Martin. He was a black guy, and he was Republican. And I looked at him, and I said, why are you a Republican? And he said, because I am. And, and I went, really? And I wanted him to explain it to me. I wanted to understand, you know, because at wow. the time, it was like, if you're black, you're a Democrat, right? That was the assumption. Right. And, and so, uh, and he never actually explained to me why he was Republican. He just said, that's who I am. And, uh, and so it was kind of interesting. Now you get it. And now I totally get it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I can't go back. There's no way I would ever go back. In fact, I look back and I go, how, how um, blind was I? And so it was a, it was a good wake up, but it, but it was a learning process. Right. And, and like I said, once you, once you take the red pill, it's like in the Matrix, you can't go back and start. That's right. Once you go down that rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was, uh, it was just, it was a good learning experience for both of us. Right. Um, I learned, I was a, a George Bush girl because I was from Texas, right? Mm -hmm. And then I realized, mm, not so much. Um, well, there especially, was... you know, lately when, when Trump became president, mm -hmm. we, saw the, we saw who the Bushes really were. And it's like, oh, my God. Oh, right. no, and I loved him. I mean, yeah. when, when uh, Aunt and I were talking, and, of course, that was an election year, 2000, 2004, mm -hmm. and he, uh, uh, Bush won. Yeah, and and so I I got I did my happy dance in front of, of Aunt because it was Kerry I think at the time. John Kerry ran. Yeah, I think it was yeah. John Kerry, yeah. and so I did my happy dance, and he just Aunt just rolled his eyes and just <laughs> walked away. 
<laughs> so, but it was it was a good learning experience because mm -hmm. I, I learned kind of the other side as well. Yeah. You know, so um, uh, what he thought, what he, uh, he wasn't that political at the time yeah. either. So it was good for both of us. Good. Yeah. So I'll tell you what, we're going to take a quick break okay. and then we will continue this after the break. Okay. Sounds good. a good song going to the spirit in the sky sing okay you I won't, won't sing oh gosh no you're not a singer <laughs> no, oh gosh no asking it <laughs> it's like a cat being tortured <laughs> oh that's terrible yeah i remember one time i i used to watch american idol quite a lot and i remember a comment that simon Callum made one time to this girl she was just a horrible singer and he said after she sang he said you know he said that's kind of what I imagine it would sound like if you threw, the, threw a cat off the top of a tall building. That's me. And, I, and what's sad is I don't care. <laughs> so uh, so uh, anything else on that story we were uh, going on uh, there at the first? No, I think, uh, I think we pretty no? much covered it. Uh, it like she said about four years later after we started that, you know, I ended up asking her to marry me. Yeah, it was, so, it, it, nice. well, this is what I love about him. He, uh, uh, he moved, but he moved here. Uh -huh. And you know, I grew up Texan, born, raised, that's how I roll. And he moved to New Mexico. And we kind of, kind of, not distanced ourselves, but our, our conversations kind of quit. Uh -huh. And he um, called me, I think, in January and says, um, are you divorced yet? And I, cause at the time I was separated. I mean, I really wasn't interested. Yeah. I mean, yeah. just that one going down that road. Yeah. You're probably thinking at that point in time, it's like, oh my God, why did I just went through? I don't want to do that. Yes. Again. It, no, exactly. And yeah. my dad was dying at the time. And so yeah. I spent, I was going to Houston almost every single weekend. That was my focus. That was just where I was at the time. And he asked me if I was divorced and I said, I am not. And he goes, call me when you're divorced. And I was like, wait, what? What? <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> and so um, I, that was January, May uh -huh. is when I got divorced. I think I called him three days late. Yeah. And so it yeah, was she just, couldn't wait. Oh, right. whatever. <laughs> oh, whatever. Okay. Just couldn't I mean, wait. Just, just couldn't whatever. wait. I mean, you know, so, but that's, and then uh, we married two years later. So it was not a, it was not a fast process. No. It was not. I mean, now, how long did the thing go when you got, from the time that you guys first started, met and talking to, and you were going back and forth? And probably. How long, had the, how long? did that go on about two years two maybe years. you wow. left in two well left, maybe a year and a half yeah because i left in 2005 
<clears throat> came yeah. back to came back wow. to finish up at Sandia. Okay. So yeah, I yes. worked at Sandia for seventeen, left for about seven. Right. Uh, and then came back and finished up at Sandia again. That's, wow. And so, uh, so I ended up with thirty something years at Sandia. The good thing about leaving was that Lockheed Martin was managing, so I didn't lose any years of service when I went to go work at. You know, Lockheed. and Sandia's become so tyrannical. Oh. oh, I know. It's really, really sad. I mean, I'm hearing from friends who's still there, and they are not happy with the existing in leadership, and it's just. It's, a, it's not the same place it was when I was working now. Right. In fact, you know, Ant was in management, right? Mm -hmm. And so just last week or two weeks ago, somebody came up and they were really worried that that's where Ant's career was. Because, and he goes, oh, no, I left way before it started going a little woke. Right. You, and you know, know the, that's the, true. The thing that really gets to me about Sandia, here you're, you've got this place that's supposed to be like this think tank of really, really highly intelligent, well-educated people, and yet they're falling for this narrative and ignoring science. Mm -hmm. And it's like, aren't you guys supposed to be like scientists? <laughs> right. I, I, right. I don't even get that. Well, I, I think because of the fact that the leadership has to be responsive to the Department of Energy. And the Department of Energy, as you know, is headed by, you know, the folks who are in power at the cabinet level. And yeah. so because the funding uh, for Sandia primarily comes through the Department of Energy, and so whatever happens at the, I mean, it, it, the, the top level folks basically work for Department of Energy, if you will. Um, uh, and so whenever they're given an edict, they have to adhere to that. And so that's, even though employees at Sandy are not federal employees, they're, they're actually private contractors that right. work for, it's still, uh, all the funding comes through, through uh, the government. And I think that's part of the problem with what's going on. I, like I said, I haven't, um, I haven't talked to the leadership in a while there since I've gone. Um, but if I had an opportunity to, I, I would, I would have a discussion about why are they doing what they're doing, uh, given the fact that we now know the science says you shouldn't have to force va vaccinations on the employees and things no. of that sort. And uh, my understanding is they almost, I think, 80 to 90 percent almost had to do it to keep their jobs, which is a sad it's, state it's of affairs. Sad. You know, not to mention the whole thing is unconstitutional. And right. It's like it's funny. It's like on down the road they'll they'll probably come to the conclusion, oh, by the way, this is unconstitutional. We'll, have to, well after you've already forced, forced it. millions of people to submit to an experiment right. and, and are going to have to suffer the consequences of that. Right, right. Uh, it, it's, yeah, it's disgusting. It is. It really is. Um, <clears throat> the whole mandate issue, I mean, this whole thing when it started, um, I mean, my wife and I had a really long debate about that because uh, I haven't gotten the shot. I don't Neither intend to. Neither have I. Never will. And, and, uh, and I did. And she did. And, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. And because uh, uh, I was traveling, I travel a lot. Um, I had a long talk with my doctor, mm -hmm. which is my right to do that. Mm -hmm. And aunt and I discussed, we're not as much anti-vax, of course, that that's another issue. That's another issue. Yeah. But it was, I make my own decisions, Ant makes his own decisions, and that's how we roll. Okay? Yeah. So that's kind of how we went. Now, am I getting a booster? Not on I your hope, life. I hope not, because oh, no. one, of the, one of the topics of my discussion today is about the recent disclosure of all of the adverse events and that Pfizer has been covering up. Right. And lots of people have I, died. I, lots of people have been permanently injured. Right. A lot of people have had really horrible adverse Seizures events. Seizures. Seizures. All kinds, all kinds a lot of, of people's lives have been ruined. Well, right. you know what's interesting? Aunt and I both got COVID at the exact same time. Okay? Yeah. Who was sicker? 
She was. I was. And yeah. she, I, I was. But then what, when you talk to the, of course, because we had to go get tested, and of course you're in the system, and they, and then of course they called you, okay, mm -hmm. they call you, and I said, well, you know, I was vaccinated, and um, they said, oh, thank God you were because you could have died. And I went, you do not know that. That is such a lie. It, it is. is. And I it's backed up by absolutely no scientific right. data whatsoever. That, exactly. I was so angry at that. I was like, well, my husband, I didn't say that, but my yeah. you know, husband wasn't vaccinated and he's over there. He's sick, but he's up. I was not up. Yeah, I was yeah. Her not up. Her temperature got up to 105, and it, I was really starting to get a little worried about her. Yeah, they, so I only, mine was a typical 101 kind of flu symptoms. You know, there is actual scientific data that shows that if you already had immunity, like a lot of people nowadays that they're walking around, and a lot of people are walking around in a mask still, yes. and they'll, they'll tell me, Even well, in their car. Yeah, even <laughs> in their car. And they'll tell me, well, I've never gotten sick. It's like, well, how do you know that you didn't get sick and you were asymptomatic and that you've got immunity already, and right. it's like you're wearing a mask for no reason yeah. whatsoever, and there's no scientific data to show that masks help at all. Right. As a matter of fact, there is scientific data that shows that they Ma don't help. That, that exactly. Help. Yeah, I was going to say it's more the opposite. Right, more right. the opposite. And... So, yet they're they're still living in fear, you know, because this narrative is that's how you get power. Absolutely, yeah, it is. It's fear. how you fear is a very huge tool for that. Tyrants have used fear for as long as history. That's right. Uh, right. To well, control people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. what, what's interesting too is when they they were when they called me. I, they asked me, where did I get it? And I said, I didn't know. Well, where have you been the last few days? And for some reason, I told them I had gone to church. Well, what's the name of your church? I went, that is none right. of your business. People people just don't know boundaries anymore. They it's don't. Like, this whole thing is just, they, there used to be this thing where people had boundaries, where there's certain things where you don't get in people's faces, right. you don't get in their personal space, you don't ask them questions that are none of your business. And yet people nowadays, they just seem to, those boundaries are gone. Right, and it seems like they can ask you what your medical condition is. Yeah, you it's know. like, mind your own business. Go <laughs> away and get out of my face. And when she said that, she, I, she, when I told her I said that's nothing, she goes, well, that's your right. I went, yes. Yeah. It is. Right. It was, it was just, it was pretty wild. But I was pretty upset when people say, well, you could have died. No, I'm pretty healthy, okay? Yeah. You don't know whether I would have died or not. Right. Okay? It, oh. It was just, it was very frustrating. Now, the good thing is, uh, well, good and bad, is yes. here in New Mexico, when we got it, we called immediately and said we wanted the monoclonal antibody. Mm -hmm. So we called my doctor, who was out of town fishing, apparently, and uh, but uh, the person who answered the phone didn't know what that was. And I went, I'm sorry? She goes, I'm not sure. I said, no, we want the monoclonal antibody uh, infusion. infusion. right. And she said, okay, I'll, I'll find, she had to find the, the doctor that we referred to and called him up and then he called us and said, yes, he would refer us. But it's like the person at the front desk apparently had no clue what that was, which was amazing to me. Well, they and don't want any, the, anything that would help you. Right. And so we is, got it, we got me, scheduled and within two days we got it on a Saturday mm -hmm. and, uh, and the only place you could get it here in town in Albuquerque was Presbyterian. And so, uh, they gave it to us and boom, within the next day I started feeling really good, and then two days later it was gone, completely yeah, but, gone. <clears throat> those monoclonal antibodies don't work, right? 
no, those work. Yeah. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I know. But, uh, so and, why and they, wouldn't they do that for, for everybody? everybody. It, I mean, it, it why should wouldn't be. they? That's a good why question. Why wouldn't they? It should be an automatic. If you have it, go get it. And it shouldn't, it shouldn't even be any questions. Right. Because it works. Right. And they, no, they'd rather give you the jab. Right. That's and so what that they tells you do. something. Right. Yeah, they want, they want to give you the jab. Right. Uh, just like the whole thing with the hydroxychloroquine and the ivermectin, right. I, know, I know a lot of people personally in which they have gotten sick, they've gotten that, they've taken that, and they've gotten better. Mm -hmm. And yet they, they use these explanations. They refuse to fill people's prescriptions. <clears throat> they, they say things like, well, it's not proven to work, so therefore we're not going to let you have it. And it's like, yeah, but it does, it's not going to hurt to try it, right? Right. So why not? If somebody is sick and you think they're going to die, why not just give them, throw everything at them? Exactly. It's no, like, okay, let's see what works. We'll wait till you get in the ventilator, then maybe we'll give you something. Yeah. Right. But see, then that gets to the thing like I've talked about before, where there's too much money out there in which people are profiting off of off of death. Mm -hmm. You've got drug companies that are profiting off of uh, making more and more boosters and keeping the fear alive. They want that fear to stay alive forever because they want to keep putting out them boosters and they want people to be so afraid that they'll just keep taking them. And then you've got hospitals that are literally getting incentivized for putting people on COVID a vent, right. uh, labeling thing a COVID, COVID. death. Right. You know, no matter what they die of, as long as they test positive for COVID, they die to COVID. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Three, three bullet holes, but that COVID killed them. <laughs> yeah, that was that COVID. That's right. <laughs> Wasn't in bullet holes. Well, you know, and, they, and doctors that prescribed the stuff, they would go after. You know, like the right. media would go after. So, so you the know, ones that were prescribing prescribing therapeutics. therapeutics. Right. They yeah. they were like you're a false doctor. I mean, they would try to ruin their reputation by doing that. Wow, it's just awful. I, mean, I know. Uh, it, you know, it's like my mom one time asked the doctor, "Well, I'm putting cinnamon on my cereal. Is that good?" And he goes. Well, it can't be bad. So what? Just keep doing it. I like cinnamon on my French toast. Well, she, you know, she yeah. read something that it could help, you know. So, but, but, it, but that's what I mean. He said, he didn't tell her to quit doing it. He says, it could. It could. You never know. You yeah. never know. It's not going to hurt you. It's not right. going to hurt you. Just right. like chicken soup always Just seems like to help you get soup. better. That's right. Maybe it's all psychosomatic. I don't know, but I, I know it works. It's like whenever I've been sick, it seems like chicken soup always <laughs> makes me feel better. It does. Mine is really good. And, and you know, another thing, too, when I'm sick is like 7-Up. Normally, I don't like 7-Up. Only but when, when you're, you're sick. But when you're sick, 7-Up is so delicious. Really? It oh, is. yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll take your word for Next it. Next time you got a cold or whatever and you're feeling really awful and, and you're just kind of kind of in bed and you're feeling bad, try drinking some 7-Up. It, it, apparently it has some kind of effect on your taste buds or something to where it's just really hmm. great. Well, I do know that during the course of the campaign recently that um, my voice just wore out during the, the pre-primary season where all the conventions were meeting to, to select the delegates and we right. were just running around all over mm -hmm. the state. And I got to the point where I, my voice was just gone. I had nothing left. <laughs> and so we were in uh, Sierra County, and uh, one of the ladies there. A pastor's wife. A pastor's wife, uh, Caleb. Caleb uh, it's his oh, wife. yeah, I like Caleb. Yeah. yeah. And his, his wife said, you got to go get some throat coat. And throat coat? Yeah. And I thought, well, what is that? And she goes, oh, it's a tea. And, and put butter and lemon and, and honey. honey. And honey, yeah. And... Um, and, but it's called throat coat. And I 
So we went to Walmart. <laughs> well, you know what we looked in first? We looked in the, the medicine, medical, yeah, medical we part. We went to the medical side first, thinking it was like you know, right. special medicine. It's, it's not, it wasn't there at all. And we found out later it was in the tea. It's in the, it's tea, in the, the coffee and tea, tea aisle. Yes. Throat coat. Throat, Throat coat. coat. And, and does it work? Oh my oh God, gosh. yes. Really? It, yes. yes. It works really well. I mean, it just soothes your throat and gives you back. And you should know that because you're on the radio. You uh, that's why I'm kind of curious. I might have yeah. to go look for some of yeah, that. It, it works because really well. a while back, I came down with something. I have no idea what it was, but my throat was like super, super sore. Mm -hmm. I mean, so sore that, uh, you know, I would uh, cough up just a little bit of blood every once Whoa. in a while. I mean, it was that's like really, really raw. Yes. Yeah. And so I was uh, drinking, I don't even really like tea, but I was drinking this tea that said it was for soothing the throat. And, and then I was adding uh, um, honey to it and lemon and things. And I did that for Jack Daniels. Jack, I, that, you know, I, it seems like somebody told me that that actually might help. Yes, there's a honey jack. I a shot of whiskey. I believe them. Yes. <laughs> a shot of whiskey is supposedly, supposedly good for a cough. It, it, right. it is. Yeah. yeah. And, or you don't care afterwards. That's right. Or drink enough that you just won't even notice That's it right. anymore. Well, I was driving home last night in the snowstorm because we're in the East Mountains, and um, I've discovered that um, low light is better than your highlights on the car. Bright lights. Bright lights, yeah. Because, you know, it, it was just coming down so hard last night. Right. And oh, I yeah. And I told Aunt, Otherwise, it just reflects Oh, yeah. It's it. just awful. So, yeah. anyway, I told Ann, I said, my throat, I said, I have had so much um, allergies and stuff like that. And my sweet husband said, I will make you a cup of throat coat. <laughs> and, it, last night. and he did. It was ready for me when I walked in the door. And I was like, oh, thank you. And it just, oh, it was just awesome. So nice. try it. Yeah. Nice. It's got to put butter in it, too. So butter. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Just a butter little. Butter and honey. honey yes. And lemon. And lemon. And lemon. Butter. Yeah. Okay. I, I didn't do the butter thing yeah. when I was it's making It's really interesting. Tea, so. It works, okay. though. Yeah, it does. I'll, I'll pick up some of that because, yeah, you're right. In, in, this, in this radio stuff, I do occasionally my throat gets a little bit sore sometimes. Exactly. So, uh, Galena, I don't think... Tell us a little bit about yourself. All right. Well, okay. I, um, my dad was Air Force, and I was born in Lubbock uh, at huh? the Air Force Base there, and he got out after, when I think I was two. We moved to Houston. I have a younger brother. Um... Grew up in Houston, went to high school, <laughs> loved this, went to Robert E. Lee in Houston, okay? So it I'm sure they tore that statue it down. It is gone. Oh, I'm sure, yeah, I'm it, sure it, that statue It is gone. gone. They probably changed the name of the school, too. They did. Yeah, or, no, just, I think they raised it, you know, like they, destroyed it. Yeah, we, we just want to forget all about that. That's because, exactly yeah, we, right. we don't want to remember history. Exactly. Yeah. So, and then I went to the University of Texas, and uh, no, nobody paid for my school but me. And mm -hmm. so, uh, like Aunt always goes, really he always goes well did you get anything else I was like no I just went to the University of Texas and got my degree in special ed am not good at am not good at that am not am not I only worked for, for half a semester and I quit and I became a uh, then now what am I gonna be when I grow up uh -huh, and yeah. so I became a receptionist at a real estate company mm -hmm. then I was a um, then I was a secretary, then I was a broker, now I'm a developer. And uh, so I always tell people, be the best at whatever job you're at. That's right. Because if I wasn't even a good receptionist, then they, why would they want me to be anything else? Right. So right. they just, you know, so I would just get moved. And I've been with this company for 35 years. I still work in Fort Worth um, and commute. 
okay? And I have one son who was adopted um, at 11 days old with uh, my ex, and he has um, been a challenge, bipolar. Yeah. Um, he's, I'm so proud of him now. He's been homeless. He's been, I've, I've, I've walked a lot of roads. And um, right now he's been working for three years, and y'all have no idea how awesome that is. That's good. Uh, it is good. And he is a shift manager at um, Krispy Kreme. And I will tell you, uh, this is one proud mama. Good. And yeah, so. So he's got his life together. He's got his life together. Doesn't mean it always will be. Yeah. You know, Rebecca, but um, I, I have been the mother that people will have said, oh. So you're Kevin's mother. And let me tell you, I've never thought I was gonna ever be that mother. I thought I was gonna be the mother of the football player, the mother of this. God has a way of putting things in your life that humble you yeah, and teach you that, you know what? It's a hard road and this kid needed you. And I'm so thankful, I am so thankful. Um, not what I wanted, but you know what? There's life, life rolls that way. Well, you know, sometimes, and like you said, I think God puts things in our lives for a reason because he's playing the long game. And mm -hmm. it's like, so this thing is later on going to have an effect on something else. Well, it does. And, and, and I, you know, bad things have happened to me too, but it turns out uh, that it turned out in the long run, something good happened. Absolutely. Right. And I, I'm so, uh, my tolerance is, you know, like even when I met Ann, I was like, eh, you know, y'all are like this and like that. My tolerance, <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. She was a, she was uh, a racist little Texas. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I start laughing now that, you know, being a conservative, I start laughing. I said, okay, I'm married to a black man. My son is, uh, you know, was adopted. Uh, he's bipolar. I'm, I'm covering all this. And he has a partner. Okay, so I think I've covered just about everything you can cover when it comes to a, 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 a oh, you, well, you can't be a conservative. I said, oh, oh, yes, I can. This is how we roll now. It would be really, really hard for you to be racist or homophobic. Yes. Right. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, well, you know, remember, remember our book that we wrote, uh -huh. My Crazy White Wife is a Racist, Really? <laughs> so, yeah, we wrote this book back in 2000. Really? Yes. Mm -hmm. Because you haven't seen it. No. Oh, oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I'll show it to you. Yeah. It, and because it, we were during the Obama years, it was like if you don't like Obama, you're a racist. Right. Okay. Really? Yeah. Really? Okay. Right. No, we just don't like his policies. Right. And uh, so we wrote this book because we were so frustrated. Mm -hmm by that. Right, and, and so we're still doing, going through our education. and uh, Right, and then uh, your, even your family was like, he's the first black man. And I said, I can't vote for him, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I said, no. no. I, yeah. I remember when Obama was running and I listened to his first speech. And like a lot of people, he, there was something about the way he spoke that was very enchanting. Oh, it it's was. like, yeah, and it just captures your attention. And I listened to his first speech that I listened to, and it's like, wow, that was just really amazing. But then, you know, me being the engineer and the person that likes to analyze mm -hmm. things, like, yeah, let me listen to that again. It's like, yeah, what, what was so good about that? So I listened to it the next time around, and then I really broke it down, and I listened to the content of what he was saying. It's like, Wow, this guy is a big time socialist. Yeah, Aunt it's Red like, as God well. God help us if yeah. he gets no, elected. See, right. So, so this like, was this was 
this is a perfect. But if segment. you run your life totally by emotions, yeah, you would have been completely caught up in that. Right. Yep. And and so when he first came out, I was thinking the same kind of thing. I thought, okay, this guy is going to bring the country together. He's half black, half white. He's talking about there's no red states, there's no blue states. We're all the, the United States. And I thought. This guy's really good. And so when he first came out, and again, I was a Democrat, so mm -hmm. I actually sent him some money. And, and I think from February of 2004 through June, June. of 2004, mm -hmm. I sent him money, maybe a total of 500 bucks or so. And then I read his book. You know, I think it was the one... Uh, my Father. father yeah. Yeah. My Father yeah. or something, something like that. Yeah. I read that called, book and yeah. I went, there's no way I can vote for this guy because that's if you read his book, he tells you everything he's going to do, and uh -huh. I thought no way. He's well, this socialist. is yeah, this is what I mean by aunt. He, if when because we were both were we were married, well, almost married because he was he was elected in 2008, that's, right? Yeah, so it was 2008. Yeah. So we weren't married yet, and but what this is what I love about him. Okay, well then I'm going to find out. So yeah. he reads his book. So you got to give him credit. I mean, he does do his research I do my homework you do your homework yep and so yeah and so and so when people would ask me why, why can't you vote for obama i said I'm, i said there's lots of reasons why i said i read his book have you <laughs> right and most people have not you know they're just like you said they're going on emotion going on the inspiration going on the on the idea that you know this country could use a black president and i'm going no, we need the right president, not the black president. Well, and just like the recent pick for the Supreme Court justice. Exactly, exactly. It's like, okay, so the first criteria was has to be a black, black woman. woman. Which that's is like, ridiculous. Now, if you're the person that's getting picked for that office, you would like, feel, aren't you, would, you feeling like, oh, God, am I really being picked for exactly. my Exactly. And if it ends would, up being a black woman, That's great. fine. Right. But, but to announce that that's going to be the criteria before, that's mm -hmm. ridiculous. Yeah. I wouldn't expect anybody to vote for me because I'm black. Right. You know, and that, and, and if they do, they're doing it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. Well, so. this is what I can remember. We were at a party one time, and somebody came up to Aunt, and it was a bunch of people from uh, Lockheed Martin, and they said, uh, "Well, what project are you working on?" And he was working on the F-35, and the F-35 was the premier project, and they looked at Aunt and said, "Of course you are." That was an indicator. To me, that was an indication the only reason you got on that program is because you're black. Yeah. And I, that, that's when we both realized that the, the, what was the term called? Uh, affirmative action. Affirmative action is not good. No, it's racism. It's racism. And, yeah. and, and it discounted my husband. Mm -hmm. and, and for no reason. I mean, he, worked, I mean, he is smart. He's, he did the work, but it discounted him. Well, this guy was a... Uh... I think he was like a machinist. Or, but it doesn't and, matter. And, 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 I, and I, I, he didn't be bothered to ask me, you know, well, how did you get on? I, I could have yeah. said, well, he brought me on because I do computational fluid dynamics, you know. Right, and, whatever that <laughs> <you> is. <know. laughs> and so, yeah. uh, but, and I didn't, you know, it was a Christmas party, so yeah. it was not Yeah, but I just didn't like that. Yeah. I didn't like that. And it was because I thought it was demeaning. It could have been, but I didn't see it that way. Yeah. Uh, at the time, at least. Because I, I knew why I was there. That was my mama bear in me. <laughs> <laughs> Did, you like, you all like movies. I know Aunt does, yeah. especially. Did you see the movie Hidden Figures? We oh, yes. Loved I loved yes. that yeah. one. How we they called the ladies computers. <laughs> I know. <laughs> That's great. That and was... I love the Kevin Costner <laughs> character where he's, right. he was great. he's like, where she keeps disappearing off for long periods of time. And he, and he finally asks her, what's going on? Where do you keep going? And she talks about the bathroom problem. Right. And so, and so he goes to the bathroom that's labeled, 
whites only or something like that, rips down the sign and says, okay, he said, at NASA, we all pee the same color. <laughs> That's a great line. <laughs> I thought that was great. That, that was good. It that was, was good. good. Yeah. Oh gosh. Yeah. No, that was a good. That was a good movie. I yeah. really enjoyed that. That one. and the help. And the help. I love, Did you ever see the help? I don't think I saw oh, that one. Oh, you need to see it too. It was really good. It, it was really. <laughs> what good. is that about? It's about uh, the, being in the South and the maids, that you know, the same thing. They weren't allowed to go into the bathroom at the house right. or anything like that. It was fantastic so uh it was good you and i watched that together mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. yeah i'm not watching any of your sci-fi stuff though i love sci-fi i stuff. know but i'm sitting between two engineers who yes. love sci-fi i know well yeah. you know the thing about sci-fi is that it sci-fi is often based well it almost always is based on theoretical stuff that could possibly Be. really happen and it usually does right like if you watch some of the first the old star trek it's like most of the stuff that's on there, with the exception of warp drive, has has been done. Yeah, it's like amazing. And the transporter, we don't quite transporter. have a transporter yet. Working on that. I though. know. <laughs> I love you two nerds. Y'all yes. are awesome. Oh, we're gonna get into yeah. nerdy stuff. Anyway, so we're coming up on a break, and in the next hour, I want to talk a little bit about this disastrous Biden State of the Union speech, and then I've also got an article that came out about the truth about the Pfizer adverse reactions that we're going to talk about. Okay, I'd be we, curious to hear some yeah, more about that. Yeah, I found an interesting article about that. So anyway. And guess which, guess which shot I got. You took the Pfizer, didn't Pfizer. you? Pfizer. Oh, my God, that's the worst one of all of them. Yeah. Mm. She doesn't want to know. Maybe you, <laughs> maybe you got the placebo. So we'll be back.